Hey everybody, this podcast was recorded in person before the coronavirus COVID-19 safety measures. Some of the upcoming live shows referenced have changed, so please visit cleancomedytime.com for the most up-to-date live event schedule. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. What time is it? Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Our guest this week is Evan Terrence. And I'm, so me and my, my brothers, though, we were very, um, I wouldn't say that we were bad. I would say behaviorally challenged. <laughs> Our special guest today is Evan Terrence. Evan, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's man. absolutely great having you here. We had a great time when you were on the Clean Comedy Time show, the showcase. Yeah. And uh, we're glad to have you back. Well, you see, a whooping is a little bit different than a spanking. You see, there's, there's a stark difference between a whooping and a spanking. How can I put this? Now, Katie, Katie might get a spanking, but Kanisha, Kanisha's going to get a whooping. Felt for Carl getting a timeout. <laughs> Go to your room, to Carl. Room. Man, that's that's a shame. Sorry, Carl. Oh man, uh, what did he do? I wonder what Carl yeah. did to get sent to well, his room. <laughs> that's really what. Why you're here? What did Carl do and get sent to his room? You man? know, I don't know a Carl. I don't. <laughs> you, you, you don't. Wait a minute. You don't know a Carl. I don't. Man, I, I got, got like real three life. or four Carls. I nah, know. Yeah. That's why Carl gets a spanking. I know the kids that get whoopings. I don't know spanking. So kids. this is really comes down to. So how did you write that bit? What's your sure. process, kind of thing? And I think I've just figured out already that it's like any word with a hard C or K sound is funny. Yeah. So, so this essentially. I kind of poke fun at cultural differences without saying it. I think part of the art of comedy is being able to say things clearly without having to say them clearly. Like I really enjoy Dave Chappelle. You know, he's not a clean comedian. Mm -hmm. I enjoy Dave because he paints a picture um, and you all know what the picture is without him saying this is a such and such. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that might've been part of the influence there, but I kind of grew up in a, uh, in a dual consciousness, I will say. And I went to a predominantly white school and, you know, kind of was raised in the suburb area, but I went to a predominantly black church. And with my dad being the pastor, I was at the church just as much as I was at the school. So I'm in two different worlds all the time. And so learning the differences between, you know, who's getting whoopings or who's like, you don't, you don't get a whooping. You get a spanking. What's that? You know, and, and then also kind of poking fun at the names a little bit. I, I think in, in my demographic, we are a little uh, pretty creative with uh, with the way we put words and phrases together when it comes to names. Um, just every culture is, you know, like uh, Hunter is very clearly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never met a black hunter. No, really. <laughs> or Tatum. Chet, no, no. You know, like names Chet. like that. <laughs> but I've never met a white Kentavion either. No. You know, and so just kind of going back and forth. Or Kanisha. With, or Kanisha. Kanisha? All no. of those just different. No. Every culture has their own thing. And so it was kind of kind of fun to just kind of go back and forth with the two uh, with the two name things, man. Yeah. yeah. 
Now you uh, you mentioned that your uh, your dad was the pastor of the church, yeah. and uh, I want to have a little clip. I want to okay. play uh, that you you were talking about being a pastor's kid. People don't realize, though, as a pastor's family is normal, just like anybody else's family. You know, those parents lie to their kids just like everybody else's parents lie to their kids. To this day, my brothers, we don't really know how old we are. You know, someone asks how old we are, like, ah, 24, 25. We don't know because um, we used to go out to eat a lot, right? And, and our age was contingent upon which restaurant we were going to. See, that's, I think, a great example of the say it clearly without saying it. Right. Because you never said, we have to order from the children's menu. <laughs> right. Until you establish that right away. It depends on where we went to eat. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's all true stuff. Like, I didn't make that up. Of course and not. <laughs> it actually just happened a couple of weeks ago. Not the kids' menu thing, but I was at home. You're still ordering out the kids' yeah. menu? <laughs> not only when I'm going through the drive-thru and I'm trying to say some yeah. point. Um, we were at my parents' house, and... For whatever reason, I asked my brother how old he was. He says, 24. No, he says, 23. And then he walks downstairs, and I'm talking to my mom, and I'm like, no, he's not. I'm like, Eric, you're 24. You're not 23. He's like, oh, yeah. Like, you just, it's, you it's, just cost him a year of his life. Exactly. Like, it's a legit thing. We literally forget how old we are if someone asks us really quick. Uh, but that's that's true stuff right there yeah. you know saving saving money though as a pastor's family that isn't uh uh a racial thing that's that's a pastor's thing because <laughs> right. my dad was a pastor I didn't and know, i'll tell I you what yeah I, I mean we we would smuggle candy into movie theaters <laughs> oh like yeah. we were drug mules oh yeah <laughs> I mean, it was uh <laughs> we were all in on that put it under your armpit and put your coat on and, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah it's like a pastor's kid is like a unique yeah. it's a unique experience is there's just like a implied pressure put on you from the people in your, you know, faith community to be the example. Even if they don't mm -hmm. tell you, it's like, oh, Aaron was running too? Like, <laughs> he's five. He's running just like the other five-year-olds are. But because your dad is the pastor, it's implied that you would know better or do better. Yeah. And so it's actually put a lot of pressure, you know, on me as a kid. And it, in and, and fact, that's the reason why my stage name, that's why I just go by Evan Terrence. If you look at the flyers and stuff like that, I don't put Evan Terrence Lachey because I try to remove the, I'm not trying to deny who I am. It's quite obvious when you see me, if you know my parents, I look just like them both. <laughs> In fact, people think I'm my dad sometimes. Ooh. But yeah, I know. I'm like, dang, he's 50. Like, I look 50? Well, and, and your dad's played a pretty big role in the Grand Huge Rapids role. area, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and the reason why I go by just Evan Terrence instead of Evan Terrence Lachey is so that I... In case I do say something, you know, that's outlandish or whatever, it doesn't blow back on my family. You know, so like as a PK, you're constantly thinking about plausible deniability. Exactly. You're constantly yeah, thinking yeah. about protecting that that name, man. And it's like other people don't have to think like that. Right, right. Tell us more about how that PK influenced your comedy, because it sounds like you sure. said you were under a lot of pressure. So yeah. is that like a release for you? It is. In fact, my mom, she told me at dinner a couple of weeks ago because we were talking about Laugh Fest. I'm doing Laugh Fest um, coming up with uh, Henry Sapp. Uh, who's mm -hmm. a really big comedian. That's going to be a good show. Yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of it, so shout out to him. Uh, he's what, in my community, we call an OG. Okay, an OG is short for Original Gangster. Oh, and, and right. I've always wondered. <laughs> 
And what OGs do is, you know, they're accomplished. They, they've got their status. They find somebody that they pour into and they bring along. You know, and so then that, so he's my OG because he's brought me along and given me a lot of opportunities and things like that. So I'm on the show with him and I was talking to my parents about it. And my mom was like, yeah, Evan, I'm going to need you to come up with some new stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm tired of hearing you talk about me all the time. She's uh, like, don't you know? make me heckle you. Exactly. She's like, don't embarrass me. Don't bring me shame. And the thing is like. It's, it is a form of release, almost like a therapy type of situation because I'm getting to say all the things I never could say or had the platform to say it. And comedy is still fresh to me because for a long time I shunned away from it. Like people told me, oh, man, you should be a stand-up comedian. I'm like, nah, that's too hard. It's like being a comedian is really hard work. It's the, to me, it's the hardest form of entertainment. You know, to 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 be a, a actor, you know, you get to be who they tell you to be. But as a comedian, you have to do that all on your own, and you can't hide behind anything. I'm a musician; I can hide behind a keyboard or a drum set any day. But as a comedian, it's just you and that audience, and you there's nothing that you can hide behind. So, like a lot of times, I strayed away from it um, because I didn't want to, you know, say something wrong or embarrass my family. Or, but now I figured out, like, hey. I am who I am. I'm always going to be this way. I'm just going to let it all hang out. Yeah. You know? I, I think you're an absolute natural for it as Thank well. You, I mean, the, the the way that you tell the stories, the way that you deliver is, it's clearly just you being you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, but, and when you performed on the Clean Common Time Showcase, mm -hmm. uh, that was your first time ever performing in a club, right? Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> it even felt kind of weird, too. Like, I'm at a club. Like, <laughs> well, where would you normally perform? Like at like a church function, like a oh, church sure. banquet or, you know, something like that. Um, and at that point, even now, comedy is still fresh for me. Um, that was my first like non-church environment. Like we did the Kentwood Community Church thing yeah, yeah. before that. And that was different for me because culturally the room was a little bit different. But I had to now when we did the Clean Comedy Time Showcase at the Bob, it was adding another layer. Not only is it culturally different, now these aren't church people so now the context of what i'm going to say is a little different so i argue with myself I was like okay do i come up with all new jokes that i don't know if they work or do i just do me and see what happens i was like hey i am who i am wherever i am so let's just get it yeah. and to me when you get into a club too uh you're going to get a little more honest feedback that's right you know in a, in a church there's a lot of uh, courtesy laughs. That's true. You know, That's and, true. and you can get a false uh, false sense of security. They can just gas me up because you you go into a club or or better yet, an open mic. Oh <laughs> no, man, you, you will uh, mm -hmm. you will get some I real honest feedback. <laughs> well, I think we all hate open mics under certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. The open mics where it's there's you and eight other comedians and nobody else. Yeah. Those are the really rough ones because yeah. I know you're there to practice. You're there to work in front of an audience to see how stuff's working. And the comedians will at least tell you, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. But they won't necessarily tell you that it did work. You but, guys were at an open mic thing that I stumbled upon one day. Uh, yeah, well, that's how you and I met. Oh, remember? Yeah. That? Man. Man, I was like, this is what open mics are like? Oh, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm so set. I'm all right. I'm just going to practice in the shower like I do. I'm not even going to say where the open mic was because uh, it did not go well. It wasn't a good experience oh, for anybody yeah. involved. Oh, in fact, shame. that open mic is no longer even in existence. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Now I know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. But uh, Evan and I were both booked on a church show together, mm -hmm. and we had never met 
never even I saw a picture of him, which mm-hmm. was actually an outdated picture. Yep. Uh, he 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 had different glasses. His hair was different. Like Fifty pounds lighter. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Either before or after, I'm not sure. Right. Which. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm sitting here at this open mic, and uh, to be fr- quite frank about it uh the comics that were up there were being pretty racist you know yeah yeah. and not like not like angry or or mean or even intentionally just a lot of the stuff that they were saying just um it was just tone deaf and insensitive i'd say absolutely that's a great way to describe it yeah and and i'm sitting towards the back of the room and evan walks in evan terrence walks in and uh (laughs) You know, we just kind of made eye contact and just kind of had this mutual like, uh, yeah, like, oh man, hey, clearly you don't belong here either. (laughs) I wasn't even supposed to be over there. I had just got out of class and I was meeting a guy where I was buying these drum bags from on Facebook Market. So me being there was super (laughs) random, and I met him in the parking lot. I was like, I got to use the bathroom. I literally got out of my car to go inside to use the bathroom when I otherwise would have just drove off. And I walk. I said, "Hey, are you Evan Terrence?" Yeah. And uh oh, he yeah. said, <laughs> "I got recognized in a bar." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And then we started talking, you know. And and I'm so glad that we had that yeah, connection too. because had we not talked, <laughs> then the next time you saw me would have been the beginning like, of that hey, church show. Man, you, you, you're that, that racist comic, you know. Hey, I've seen you before. <laughs> You were with all those other exactly. races. Exactly. Right, right. That definitely turned me off to open mics. And I'm sure all open mics aren't that way. No. Um, they're not. They're, I just, I don't know. It's, that was a weird night. Yeah, it was It was awkward, man. That's one of the things about clean comedy time that we're trying to, to keep away from. Because we yeah. want our comedy to appeal to the broadest audience possible. Yeah. Make sure that it's adult smart but family friendly. Absolutely. And you guys are doing a great job too, man. Thanks, I man. love it. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. I love it. Now, uh, being that most of the time you work in churches and pastor's kid and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, I- I'm going to guess that you always, if not almost always, work clean. Oh, absolutely. In public, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in public, right. in stage with a microphone? Oh, yeah, yeah it's clean. It's yeah. clean. Well, At home? No, just yeah, yeah, it's totally different. Well, people ask me all the time, you know, Brian, how come you work clean? Clearly, you can think of all this other stuff because yeah. I'll sit and have a conversation. Yeah. And the other material sure. comes out oh, when absolutely. I'm talking with people. But the difference is, I, I spent so many years on radio. I'm incapable of saying off-color material sure. in front of a live mic. Yeah. I just, I can't. Man, really. now I feel like this is a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get me to say something, get him to say something. That's hilarious. Yeah. My comedy does uh, flip to the dark side every now and then, but not particular language or particular sure. topic. I am perfectly happy with the audience that groans. Right. Ooh. Oh, the flinch. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. I, that just encourages me. But to have the flinch or something just because you said a particular word, right. yeah, that, that's not where I wanted to go. Oh, so that, I, And that's one of the things that resonated well with uh, me and Aaron as, as we got this started. Uh, that, that's how we wanted to, uh, to approach it. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. What's going really well for you right now? 
I got a new baby. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my wife brought home our first son. So that's congratulations. Thank you, that. man. That's that's great and terrible at the same time. I love it. I hate <laughs> it, but I love has it. Changed. <laughs> my life has changed. My wife has changed. Yeah. Um, it's it's a journey, uh, most definitely. Like my baby, man. He he's pretty relaxed unless he's hungry or uncomfortable. He's always hungry or uncomfortable. <laughs> me too. You know, <laughs> so. You know, that's that's definitely been a journey. It's actually given me tons of new material, too. Um, you know, just talking about the baby. And, and that's great uh, material, it is, too. It's, it is. it's just so relatable to Absolutely. people. And, and I feel like that's key. Relatability is, is, is key. That's really how you connect with people. People want to feel like they know you and they kind of have an inside thing, you know, to your life. People love relatability. But, yeah, so... I guess what's going well is my family has grown and, you know, my wife you know, brought home a healthy baby and she's healthy and, you know, God really blessed us because a lot of times, you know, there can be tons of complications and everything went really smooth. So definitely grateful to God for that. And so that's kind of been the forefront of everything. That's been my filter for absolutely everything. Yeah. How old is your son now? Seven weeks. Holy moly. Yeah, man. Yeah, just getting started. That means he wakes up at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't want nothing. Yeah, so we're recording this in the middle of February, so right around New Year's. So, yeah, December 28th. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. December 28th. Merry Christmas. Way to get one in under the wire. Good job. <laughs> Can't wait to find those taxes. Yep. Because <laughs> you get to count them for the whole year. Show me the money. Wow. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you, Elijah. <laughs> So, uh, so that's what's going on. Uh, that's a great mix of yeah. uh, personal life, mm-hmm. and that is spilling over in your professional life. It is. I actually, to be honest, I haven't tried any of those baby jokes yet. Mm-hmm. So we'll see on Sunday. I'm going to throw right, some of right. them out there okay. on Sunday, man. So you guys got a show. You're both on a show yeah. coming up. Uh, this, By the time this airs, it will it have will been have in the past. Yeah. You know, so uh, it will probably have already made the papers yeah. as being the best show of all time. <laughs> right. So. You'll already see it on TMZ. <laughs> yeah. Clean comedy. And, that, yeah, and what's the show that you guys will have done? It's called Jokes for Church Folks. And oh, it's at the Ambrosia go. Theater, which yeah. is a really cool theater. Uh, about 75-person capacity mm-hmm. theater uh, right over in Easttown, Grand Rapids, yeah. and just a cool spot. Uh, uh, James Brown Jr. Uh, runs that room, yeah. and uh, he just does a nice job with it. So yeah. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm excited for Excellent. it. Excellent. Yeah, and Aaron, you and I are going to be over there with uh, Clean Comedy Time Showcase kind of crossover in May. Now that mm. will probably line up nicely with when this uh, when this airs. Yeah, the the clean comedy time uh, showcases that we've yeah. been doing at Doctor Grin's, uh, we've added uh, the Ambrosia uh, as, an, as another venue. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, and the first show will be Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's sweet. So yeah, so we're going to bring along a bunch of mothers. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I see that. And some moms. Right. And some moms oh, too. Oh, I see. Clowns, man. <laughs> No, that's what's up, man. That's really cool. I like the Ambrosia Room. I like it. I do like it a lot. Comedy can be, like, therapeutic. You know, comedy can actually, like, uh, fill a bit of a void. It can help us Mm kind of work through some stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, me, coming from a recovery background, you know, um, I always like to see that layer of people Mm -hmm. because I know there's so many people out there that are struggling with things in silence. And sometimes just uh, just hearing somebody, whether it's a, a surface level, uh, something we're working on on a surface level, or something deeper, you know, it's amazing that uh, once we get into that, 
like it resonates with people and mm-hmm. they and they just really we turn into real people yeah you know it's uh it's cool so yeah i mean i i wanted to give you the opportunity and give every guest that we have on this uh the opportunity to just just uh share something that might have been a little bit of a struggle or something you're struggling with or have in the past or i think for me being able to identify struggle is something new for me um because my whole life because I've, i've always felt like i was on stage i've always felt like i was kind of like on display i had to put on this facade that everything is okay Mm. even when it's not um so being able to identify or recognize any challenges or any struggles especially if it's not outward is 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 relatively new for me so i would say that one of the things that i'm i'm learning or i'm journeying in um because i believe like when you name something a struggle then it is a struggle but if you you know kind of identify it as something that you're journeying or something that you're learning then it's something that you're journeying is something that you're learning. That I believe, yeah. you know, words have power. So I'm learning about my mental health and I, and I'm journeying with, you know, with my mental health and, um, dealing with feelings of anxiety, um, and things that I readily would not have acknowledged or even said, okay, that's something that I struggled with as a kid. They thought it was ADHD. They thought it was, you know, ADD. I wouldn't sit down. I would, and it wasn't that at all. My wife is a, a therapist and so for years, she's like, you should go get checked. I think you're this, this, this. I think, and I'm like, whatever. You're just saying that because you you live with me and That's I get on your you nerves. That's what you do. Yeah. You're right. I was, Don't social work me, woman. <laughs> right, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't social work me, woman. You know? And so I finally went and did this test. And it was like a four-hour brain exam. Like, I'm doing all of these these things on a the computer, these puzzles. You know, it was just all this this psychology stuff. And at the end of the exam, you know, we're debriefing and we're talking with the psychologist and they're showing me my scores and we're checking to see if I was in fact ADD, you know, cause I was like, okay, maybe I am sure. Yeah. Um, and so we were checking all of this stuff and then we're going through the results and every area that if I would have been ADD, it would have showed up as poor or below average. Well, in all of those areas, I was above average or superior. And then everything else was either average or above average. So I was like, I'm a genius. Yeah, That's what's right. up. Give me my Clearly. sticker and I'm out of here. Yeah. And he's like, not so much. Settle down, Charlie Brown. You're not <laughs> You're not a genius. What really is happening is most people are either left brain dominant or right brain dominant. You are a unique case where you vacillate between the two. You okay. can be analytical and you can be creative. And a lot of times you don't know what decision to make. So you start to have anxiety because you question yourself because you want to do the right thing. And then when you make a little mistake, you beat yourself up about the mistake. And then you get overwhelmed and just walk away. And then people think you're unreliable. Really, you just got overwhelmed. It's got to be really difficult. Right. And I didn't know that that was a thing. I just thought that, like, I'm having a hard time deciding, you know, what's what. But it's really I'm going back and forth. Do I look at this analytically and logistically or do I look at it creatively and emotionally? And so that vacillation created some pattern or some thoughts of anxiety and that was something that i wasn't willing to acknowledge even when i first got the test in 2018 i was like nah that's all right that's your job is to tell me something's wrong with me you know and and then but i had to realize that it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me it's just the way that i operate is a little bit different than what i thought so i have to operate differently and so now i'm kind of on a campaign i guess to say that um to kind of remove that stigma behind exploring your mental health and in treating your mental health like you do your physical health. You know, if you have a cold, you know, it's just a sneeze and a runny nose and stuff like that. You know, if you take care of it while it's a runny nose, 
you know, you'll be fine. Take your emergency, get your sleep, do whatever. But if you ignore it and you don't pay attention to it, that cold is going to turn into the flu. And then when you don't pay attention to the flu, that's going to turn to pneumonia. Next thing you know, you're on life support because you've got pneumonia, right. bronchitis, yeah. Yeah. and H1N1 because you didn't pay attention to the cold. And so a lot of times you can have feelings of anxiety or you can have feelings of depression. And that doesn't mean that you're depressed or you're an anxious ward or whatever. But if you don't address it, it'll get bigger. It'll get bigger. And then you have a panic attack. And then it could be something that is harder to come back from than if you would address it the first time. But there's a lot of stigmas behind that. Oh, if I see a psychologist, or if I take a mental health day, I'm a wacko. I'm crazy, you know, and that's yeah. it's not that at all. So I guess for me to answer the question in such a verbose way, <laughs> uh, I would say I'm learning to journey with mental health and to take care of myself and to be aware of warning signs. And comedy has been a really good release for me. Yeah. And you said a lot there. <laughs> I you, did. You I'm really sorry. Did. No, no, no. Don't don't be sorry. That was that was really good because again, there there are people that are struggling in silence yeah. alone with feelings of anxiety. Yeah. So I, I just want to say thank you, oh, man, man. No to problem. lean into that and be able to say that. Yeah. Um, that will help people. Absolutely, man. It's, it is it's huge in my generation, too. Um, I'm a, what you guys call a millennial. What? And, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Millennial what? A millennial. And so we grew up with, well, I remember when the Internet became popular, but the generation right below us, Gen Z, they don't know life without internet, right? Yeah. I remember when internet was. You do. I do. I remember the the phone cord going across the kitchen yep. to the living room and waiting, and then somebody picking up the phone, hello, and I can hear it through the computer. I'm like, get off the phone. I'm trying to get on AOL. You know, like I remember that. And but with social media being what it has become, and people looking for those likes and looking for those comments and looking for affirmation in those areas. Are those two generations, the Gen Z and the millennial generation, have a heightened sense of not only just self-awareness, but like being so influenced by what other people think. And so mental health challenges are huge inside yeah. that demographic yeah. due to social media's impact. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this may surprise you, but uh, I'm like way on the far end of Gen X. You don't say. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that means he's old. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you earlier uh, you said uh, yeah, my, my father is fifty, and I'm like, so he's a fairly young man. <laughs> he's fifty six. I try and give oh, him a couple. Well, he's actually fifty six. Yeah. So your your dad and I went to different high schools together. Right. That's what what happened there. <laughs> right. And I grew up in a a period where we always thought of things as this is something that is legal, not legal, correct, incorrect, very black and white, very much yeah. so. And then as that next. Gen X into mm -hmm. Gen Z starts to come up, and we're seeing this, especially with social media, yeah. is the idea that there's honor and shame. Yeah. And so there's no this guilt innocence mm -hmm. that I think in mm -hmm. uh, anymore for people who are more your age. It's mm -hmm. always, well, it's the likes, the honor, yeah. or the dishonor, the shame. You feel that shame, mm -hmm. but there's not necessarily a sense of you are guilty of anything. Mm -hmm. That's not the issue. Right. Because you can, if you've got enough money, if you are popular enough, mm -hmm. if you're a big enough sports figure or a movie star, the shame can be mitigated. Yeah. And you can get out of it yeah. to some degree. Yeah. To bring that honor up becomes the thing that we get obsessed with. Yeah. It's chemical, too. I've yeah. seen some studies that are saying, like, the same, you get those same neurons that fire off in your brain when you 
snort a line of crack. It's, <laughs> like, it's dopamine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. same thing that the dopamine that the same thing that goes yeah. off in your head is the same feeling you get when when you eat cheese. Yes. I didn't hear that as a cheese thing. Hey, hey, but, hey uh, don't, don't attack. Cheese. Hey, I love cheese. Yeah. I, I'm not lying when I tell you this. I literally had a family friend mail me some cheese, and it came in the mail today. It's these long cheese whips from Wisconsin. You can't get them anywhere. Uh-huh. I should have brought them. Yeah. I, I, okay, yes, I, you should If have you text me, Sunday. remind me. I'll bring you some on Sunday. Okay, that's I'll, done. But I, I love I'm I definitely love going cheese. to the show on Sunday. So, so the same chemical reaction you get when you do drugs is the same one you get when you get cheese, but it's the same thing you get when you get a like in social media, yeah. and so then it becomes addicting. And yep. then when you don't have it, you have withdrawals. You start to have all all of those same uh, domino effects that you get with an addiction to a substance you get with the social mm-hmm. media thing, man. And so our kids, our, our generation is growing up with that ingrained in our everyday life where, like you said, it wasn't that way for you yeah. all. With that in mind, I want to make sure that everybody likes and shares <laughs> right. this podcast. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Right? Yeah. Right? That's what Please, we're looking guys. for. That's what we're trying to do. I'm going to eat all the cheese. Uh, yeah. the <laughs> I'm going to turn to the cheese if you don't. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Uh, Evan Terrence, thank you so much man. for being on the show. We are delighted to have you. And uh, this is episode one, so we're never quite sure how this was going to go. This you're is gonna number go great. one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like, and you're yeah. number two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you guys allowing me to be here. And I really like what you guys are doing with the clean comedy, but also like breaking barriers of like diversity, man. Like mm-hmm. honestly being able to break into an audience that I wouldn't otherwise break into has been great and it's a lot of fun. So I appreciate you guys being awesome. pioneers in that way. You bet. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's yeah. a priority for us to produce yeah, shows man. that are diverse uh, ethnically through across gender yeah. and so on. So that, that's something that's important to us. Thank you for recognizing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Real recognizes real. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's another thing in my, in my demographic we say is when it's like, okay, I like you, you like me too. That's what that, nice. that's that's what that, that means. means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you awesome. for the so translation. So now you can start saying that. Yeah. You know, real recognizes real. Man. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 